0: Welcome to In and Out of Character. This is a podcast about role playing, Just a conversation between two players about their characters and about the way that they feel about roleplaying. That's all there is. Some caution is advised as some of these topics may not be suitable for everybody. Hi, hi, Maddie. It's hi. this is uh, this is the second time we're recording because the first time uh, everything blew up. Mm-hmm. It sure did. Uh, we recorded for about an hour and a half, and not only did the audio not record, the my power went out. My son kept bothering me, and my uh, delightful uh, stepfather showed up out of the blue.
1: Oh no. That sucks.
0: Yeah. So, uh, like before, will you please introduce yourself? Tell me where you're calling from, and let me know what you like to do role playing wise.
1: Hi, I'm Maddie. Um, I am a role player from way back before World of Warcraft even existed, uh, back in Dungeons and Dragons. Um, I have been role playing through World of Warcraft since basically like a month after Vanilla came out. Um, and I do it basically all the time. I like to do role playing and I like to design stuff, write stories and stuff like that. So I'm pretty much, you know, all the different sides of it.
0: Mhm. And you're calling me from Tennessee and the reason yes, why I say sorry. that is, is the reason why I say that is cuz I've started to uh I have a little Map thing on my computer, and whenever I get a caller from an area, I'm gonna pin it. And I don't know what I'm yes. gonna do once it once I complete something or whatever. I I don't know. I guess I'll do a backflip or something. Um,
1: do a flip.
0: Do a flip or a barrel roll or something of that nature. I don't know what I'll do, but I'll do it. There's no reason for me to be like, "Hey, where are you calling from?" Other than it's nice. Yeah. Um, sorry i
1: i would have i would have said that, but I was in the middle of hydrating myself. Remember to stay hydrated folks
0: um so you start off in d and d go ahead and just start me off with all of that like why why did you get into role playing with d and d okay
1: so um i come from a family of huge nerds my mom and my biological father and all them uh have been playing D since before i was born back and i don't i don't know if it was the first version of D or if it was advanced or whatever some earlier version of D. they'd been playing since then um my mom has always been super into fantasy and, and games and stuff like that um and technically, I got my first start uh, playing Magic the Gathering with her. She introduced me to Magic the Gathering, um, and that was super fun. And then um, about the time that my older cousin was in middle school, they were, you know, reading all those books they had you read in middle school. Um, Old Yeller and Where the Red Fern Grows and stuff like that. Oh, uh-huh. yeah. And um all of them are like they're, they're supposed to teach a very important lesson about being able to accept loss and, you know, growing up with it and stuff like that. But they're all so depressing. And I think they had been reading Bridge to Terabithia mm-hmm. and they got to the ending part and uh, the thing that happens and it dies. I don't want to spoil it for anyone who hasn't read a I don't know how old that book is, but it's decades old now. Um, but I'm not going to spoil it anyway that thing happens it's really depressing they get to that point and from what i have been told my cousin just lays his head down on the, on his desk and cries because it's so depressing and then he mm-hmm. comes home and he goes up to my mom who is an avid lover of literature and he says i hate reading it's so depressing and it's so upsetting and that destroyed my mom and so she was like okay i need to fix this Mm-hmm. And she went through her books and she was like, here, this is Dragonlance. This is a series that is really fun. Uh, it's one of the things that got me uh, to love reading uh, as much as I do. Um, and then it was that and the Belgariad. But she got him reading Dragonlands, and he absolutely loved it. And mm-hmm. it's something that it's one of his favorites to this day. And because he loved that so much, she decided, you know what? Okay, I will get you the rule books for um, Dungeons and Dragons, because that's what uh, that's what Dragonlance is based off of, in case anyone didn't know. <laughs> and so she got him the rule books, and he was really eager to play, so we all started playing. Uh, the first campaign was horrible. To be fair, we were all little bitty baby kids um i played a dwarf fighter i uh decided that i was going to we attacked some lord's manor my mom was DMing. we attacked some lord's manor i decided i was going to take all of the dishes on the dining room table and she looks at me and she's like okay fine your backpack is now full of dishes and then we go and we hide out in the woods and these people are chasing us and i'm decide i'm gonna run away and she's like okay well all those dishes are loud and rattling so Then my decision was, I'm going to take the dishes out of my bag. I'm going to try to throw them at the people pursuing us to knock them unconscious. Mm -hmm. And that's not even the best part. Um, We didn't know next to anything about how all this worked. Later on, we were trying to get some information from a shopkeeper, and the party was split up. I was in one place, and my other cousin was talking to some shopkeeper somewhere else. And I talked to this person got information about a guy named Charlie. Mm-hmm. And so my cousin decides to ask the person she's talking to. So what do you know about Charlie? Even though her character would not know that, uh, like for no reason would know that name. And my mom was like, you can't, you can't ask that your character doesn't know that. And my cousin was like, fine, my character just guesses the name randomly. And so my mom decides, well, the um, the shopkeeper gets really upset at you and throws you out and locks the door you know, it was horrible. It was absolutely miserable. Hilariously fun. I think at one point my cu- my older cousin, we were trying to avoid suspicion and he passed my dwarf off as a bearded lady from a circus because uh-huh. I had absolutely no other skills. It was hilarious. Um So yeah, that's basically how I got started and it stuck around since then. Uh writing, informal playing, writing uh, collaborative fan fiction and notebooks passing around back and forth my friends they could add their own things all that sort of stuff it's been part of my life ever since
0: Yeah, you and I have uh, spent many 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 years playing tabletops and everything together
1: mm-hmm. and it for a lot of people that would be many hours across many years but I think you and I probably have cumulative play time of like multiple years Oh, yeah. Just cumulative playtime of role playing games. Oh, 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 yeah. And we've
0: done so many different one shots and stuff like that because it's always fun just to sit down, make a character, play through a setting, and then repeat the process all over again.
1: Oh, absolutely. It's. It, sometimes it's therapeutic. Sometimes it's just entertaining. Sometimes it's a good way to get those creative juices flowing if you're feeling like that writer's block and such.
0: Absolutely. And trust me, there are times where I just. Oh, man. I. I think I like tabletop role playing um for the aspect of I can bring a character to the table and get like face to face interaction with that character. Like in MMOs mm-hmm. you can you can make a character and you can role play that character, but you don't know the other players not really if you don't know them like personally or you haven't just been role playing with them for a long time. Um while you do get the instant gratification of of here is an emote and then another player will return that emote they don't know you and they don't know like the player doesn't know you as a player and they don't know your character not really um however maddie if you and i sit down and i bring a character to the table and you are also not deeming you probably already know what i'm about
1: if i don't i can generally look at your stuff but that's a really good point about the um personal connection or disconnect with role playing games In role playing games. You have uh, the in uh, MMOs, I should say, you have the setting around you that you can build off of and you have the way your characters are dressed and your opponent's characters dressed. You have the visual components of it, Mm -hmm. but you don't get any of the vocal inflection. I mean, you can't if you're talking to people, you can get the vocal inflection if you are using microphone voice chat, but. A lot Mm -hmm. of us hate that. It's a pain to set up in a lot of games. Um, And I know a lot of people get insecure about voice acting and stuff like that. But trust me, inflection, even if you can't uh, do voice acting, being able to hear the way people say things Mm -hmm. has a big difference. Oh, yeah. You also miss miss the face part of it, being able to see the person and and look at them and see the expressions they're making. Some people don't act like that. So, actually, uh, this is one of the things that uh, me and another friend were actually
0: talking about. I love... Um, there is a character uh, in the guild met. His name is uh, Bernard. And uh, Bernard puts a lot of emphasis on, like, emoting his face. And uh, I really appreciate that about Bernard because it you again, these faces are mostly just static. In Final Fantasy, <laughs> you can actually use an emote um, to uh, show your character's face. Like, there's an angry emote, and there's a sad emote, and stuff like that. And unlike uh, Elder Scrolls, uh, this is, like, the bigger thing I like about Final Fantasy. When you target somebody in Final Fantasy, your character's head will actually look at them, and the other player on their screen can see your character, their, your character looking at them. It's not just, like, an instance thing where it's like, in Elder Scrolls, everybody's always looking forward, no matter what screen you're looking at. Uh, in Final Fantasy, characters' heads are like swiveling around and actually looking at people, uh, and everybody can see it—not just your, not just you. Uh, I, I like Final Fantasy for that aspect.
1: That is excellent. Although that reminds me of, and I, mean, I'm sure they've got something to deal with this, but there are so many times where role-playing uh, scenarios happen like while you're eating or drinking, like in a tavern or whatever. And yeah. I can't help but think of, like, Oblivion walking by a guard while he's sitting down, eating a loaf of bread on his break. And he, as he's eating his loaf of bread he turns to say something to you and he's just rubbing the loaf of bread on the sh- side of his face as he's <laughs> talking to you. <laughs> nope. <that laughs> hasn't been fixed yet. That is a constant oh. thing. That is, that is a classic. I don't know whether or not I would want that to be fixed. I... Uh... I remember a lot of stuff like this in World of Warcraft, though, like uh, I like to Oh, I'm sorry.
0: No, no, you go right ahead. I have a funny thing to tell you about fishing. Go
1: right ahead. Oh. Well, so in World of Warcraft, I've, I like to roleplay stuff out in like the woods and stuff like that. And a campfire is kind of a must if you're out in the middle of the woods, it gets cold. So you set up a campfire to talk to people and for uh, the campfires in World of Warcraft. I don't know who taught them how to find firewood, but those things only last like five minutes. And Mm -hmm. role-playing, for anyone who hasn't tried it, um, takes a long time. It doesn't take five minutes. And it took me, I learned really quickly exactly where, relative to my character, that campfire gets placed. Because too many times I would be sitting there talking to someone, and the fire would go, and I'd set the new fire, and it would be right under my friend's ass, and they would have to get up and move, and just... There are elements that about games that are a little jarring that can take you out, but sometimes you just have to... Sometimes you can learn to compensate for them. Mm-hmm. You can either overcome them or even make use of them. Mm-hmm. Um... There, I have
0: discovered a thing in Elder Scrolls recently, and I cannot wait to show it to you. I will take a video later and send <laughs> it to you, and I will make sure that I put this up on Twitter or something like that or, or Tumblr, and on the website. Might as well. And... It is the funniest thing of my life, where if you... (laughs) I'm laughing about it. So, basically, how fishing works in Elder Scrolls is that it's not like uh, World of Warcraft. It's not like Final Fantasy, where you can just go to any body of water, throw a hook in. No, you have to find a specific fishing hole to go fishing at, and they spawn around. Once you get there, you select the appropriate bait, and you throw in the line. I have found out, and normally what you wait is for the thing to bob, and then you click on it, and and or you hit E to pick it up, and then you gather your fish and you go over again. Um, I have found out that if you are fishing while the rod is out, you can use any emote and it will work. While with okay. your fishing rod in your hand, so there is this one, there is this one emote where you lean back and you flip a coin. The the rod is on the same, I don't know what it's called, I don't know the technical term, but it's on the same model as the coin. Mm -hmm. So when you lean back and you flip a coin, what you're really doing is you're leaning back and just flipping your fishing rod way into the air and catching it. And (laughs) it is excellent. It is the, I have to to show it to everybody. Everyone needs to know about this, and I love it so much.
1: I'm sure there's probably like a uh, an invisible equipment slot for like props or something like that. Like the the hammer you use when you kneel down and bang on someone's ass with it and it makes a hammering sound or whatever. (laughs) Sorry, I'm laughing about it. Uh, I (laughs) applaud. I applaud Zenimax for being brave enough to put props into their emotes and their actions in. Um. Elder Scrolls Online, because those are always so hilarious and they always interact in the weirdest ways. Oh, man. It reminds me of World of Warcraft. um, The upper body of the worgen is animated separately from the lower body. Mm -hmm. And because of that, while dancing, you can do some other emotes and your character will do the emote. And so if you use a continuous emote like Cower, on the upper body, your worgen will be, like, holding their hands up, shaking and cowering while their lower body is still dancing around and twirling their body around and it looks, it also looks absolutely hilarious. That's not something I can do at the table when I'm role playing, and I kinda wish I could.
0: Oh, I wish I could too as well, Manny. I really wish I could as well. Oh, man. Anyways, anyways, so, um, moving, moving on, I'm so sorry, I've driven this off topic. What there's have a topic? you? Huh? There's a topic. I th- I don't know. Is there a topic on this one? I'm just kind of going. Like I don't have any real. I don't have any real, uh, topic when I do this. All I want to know, all I want to do, is just talk about role playing. And the the titles of this just kind of come out as I'm editing them. Of
1: course.
0: Uh, <laughs> but um, so what all have
1: you role played with? okay i guess this episode's gonna take like four hours then oh no we'll <laughs> start from the beginning and i'll just see what i can recount obviously there was D D initially that kind of got me into it of course mm-hmm. i was a kid and like uh, a lot of other kids i, I have a better play. question
0: i have a better question how about this instead to narrow down the list what have you and i role played together in
1: What if we roleplay together and, oh, now you're testing my memory because before I could just make stuff up and assume, but now you know whether or not I'm wrong. Um, um, This
0: is what the whole point of the podcast was. It was just getting
1: you online
0: and being like, you better remember, Maddie.
1: Oh, gosh. Um, So we've tried all kinds of different systems. Uh, Sorry about that. We've tried all kinds of different systems in the past. Uh, Big Eyes, Small Mouth is one that we keep coming back to, which I... Uh. Hesitate to call a system, I've always called it more of a a game-building toolkit. Mm-hmm. Um, you can do some ridiculous stuff in that. A lot of people don't like Bessem, apparently, because you can do some ridiculous overpowered stuff, and a lot of them miss one of the important rules earlier on. And I don't blame them for not wanting to do this, because it's a lot of work for some people, but... As the GM, you're supposed to decide what is and isn't allowed, and adjust prices accordingly. If you don't want someone with the normal amount of points that your normal hero characters get to have control over the sun, don't let them. Mm-hmm. Or better yet, do what I like to do, and just make a little catalog of what things, what things they can pick. Use it to build stuff. Mm-hmm. But yeah, we've...
0: Uh, oh, I remember, because uh, I remember when um, Elise... I remember when Elise made us do the not made us, of course, but did the Naruto campaign, and I was playing the Samurai Weeb. Elise literally took to looked, turned to me, and said, "Can you please make your ca- your 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 character
1: less powerful?" And I was like, oh, "Okay." I played a Zelda game with oh. a couple of friends one time, um, and one of the players was like, "Hey." Because my character is a mage and all about using ranged attacks Mm -hmm. is a plus two isn't really very much. Plus two doesn't really mean much, but that's kind of the limit here Uh, on ranged attacks and accuracy and stuff like that. Can how many points can I put into this? I wasn't paying attention because I was helping everyone else build their stuff. I was like, just how how many points do you want to put in it? And they were like, oh, well, can I put uh, can I get it up to seven? And I wasn't thinking I was like, yeah, sure. A plus seven on a 2d6 system means you have an entire additional die that has rolled more than the highest value that it possibly can every time you make an attack. And it's also plus seven damage in Bessam. And so this person was literally, they were so squishy, but on their turn, they would literally point at someone and die. And when I say literally point at someone, I mean literally. They decided that their character shot their spells out of their fingertips. Like, <laughs> that was awesome guns, and it was great didn't i um, didn't i play like one session of that with you like at least i made a character
0: and i remember i was just so busy working at the time because i had to work mm-hmm. like two jobs and i what did i play i played one of the gordons right like the rock people
1: so i have uh, this zelda campaign thing is actually something that i have tried to do so many times this is a this is a different one this was after we moved down to orlando Mm -hmm. Um, oh yeah it was with a different set of people but yeah um at one point i did try to help you set up a goron monk character um and that didn't end up panning out oh as happens with a lot of the things that we're about to list here the reason there are so many is because so many of these games just are dead on arrival unfortunately (laughs) you can you can
0: say it like it is like our uh, like I sucked sometimes at showing up, and I and I and I am so sorry about that. But like, so many of us did.
1: I also am horrible
0: at that. But we also, were, I'm I'm surprised we even got some campaigns off of the ground. Like, mm-hmm. I think the Naruto campaign. God, there was so, there were there were there was a few that we actually like got out and and did. Yeah. Um, like one of my favorites was the Rodent campaign, as mm-hmm. we called it. Mm-hmm. and uh that one oh that one was so fun but i couldn't stay awake for my life because yeah. i had to wake up at three o'clock in the morning to go to work every day and then i would like once i got there to you guys i had to i didn't have a car at the time so i'd have to walk like an hour and a half to get to y'all's house and i was so tired by the time i got there i sit in y'all's couch and i was sweaty and i stunk and i just i hated my own existence and i would just lean my head back and i would Pass out and fall asleep.
1: Mm-hmm. And... I mean, you weren't you weren't the only problem. Um, I'm really bad at keeping to a schedule, and also uh, scheduling problems are something that a lot of groups are familiar with. Another thing, a lot of groups are probably familiar with in this day and age: phones. <laughs> our group is very bad about getting distracted with our phones. Oh uh, yeah, joking was very entertaining, but would constantly derail stuff with things on his phone. And even in my Zelda, even in my Zelda game, like I usually I want to set aside like a good two or three hours for a session for a game. Mm-hmm. And I, I expect to get through a fair portion of things. We would play five hour sessions of that Zelda game and we would get through like three rooms in a dungeon. Right. It took us four sessions to get through the starter dungeon and the starter dungeon wasn't that big. Mm hmm. Because Man. phone distraction.
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah. If you're, if you're, I mean, uh, as a DM, you can't like keep people off of their phones, but at the very least, you can be like, "Hey, you know, you're being a little distracting. Can you please, you know, break it down?" I think Jack talked about this a little bit as well, and I know that we were all bad about it. I I remember us all bringing our guesses, and our our games, and our phones, and our tablets, and playing on them while we were talked.
1: Yeah, I mean, I would use my tablet a lot to do a lot of stuff mm-hmm. for the games like i would i would doodle down a little map on it or um one of the things that i like to do is i would like to type up uh things that i would give to people because i like to add things to games i like to make things for games um and with a lot of the systems that we've used that works for very well um and so i would like type up a lot of um like I, I would type up new things and as we were going through i would send them to people so that they would have like if I could just put them on cards I would But my handwriting is atrocious mm-hmm. Ink is expensive as hell And uh, that's just A little more prep than I'm ready to do I can type though mm-hmm. So I would type things up and I would send them to people So they would have them on their phone And they could look at that But that's setting myself up for failure Because that's giving them more reason to look at their phone <laughs>
0: i understand and it's always unfortunate because like you have to if you don't have the books people have to use their phones and Uh once you pull out your and once people pull out their phones like i will pull up my phone to message a customer or to like look up someone's name or number and give them a call and suddenly i'm on discord like laughing at a stupid video that my friend just sent me Uh Uh it's it's so easy like once you pull out the phone that's it man like you're Uh done don't even don't even bother Exactly. I miss I miss a lot of the systems we use. Mm-hmm. I miss the rodent campaign
1: so much. Yeah. So I guess I'll get back to the back to that list. Oh, um you mentioned yes. the Naruto campaign. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, I uh I was added into that later. I think you guys had done like two or three sessions before I joined. Mm-hmm. And I decided to make the medic character, and I was only able to be there for like one session, maybe two, unfortunately. I I think... did miss a lot of that.
0: Yeah, I think we I think we <laughs> Oh no. I think we stop soon after that.
1: Mhm. I think so.
0: Do we uh, do we want to do we want to tell people about the spaghetti box?
1: Oh. Have you do already we, discussed that with Jack?
0: I haven't discussed it. I haven't asked Jack if I can talk about it. You know what? Hold on. I'm going to text him right now. And if okay. he says yes at some point during this what else besides the Naruto campaign? And the spaghetti campaign is all we can call it until we get mm-hmm. approval, because that was one of the rules of the yes, spaghetti campaign. <laughs>
1: um, so, let's see. We've done so many other things. There was Jack's mech game. I'm pretty sure you were in that one. Oh, did yeah. You, uh, for, like, awesome. for
0: like a very short time. For a very yeah. short time. And basically all I did was build Metal Gear
1: from, from, from Metal Gear Solid. Yeah, I mean, um, I made a walking artillery cannon. Joey was in it, which we've learned now is a very bad idea, because if, if you don't need phones or any other distractions to rail campaign, Joey can do it on his own. Um, mm-hmm. but he made a goddamn Zoid. Um, oh, yeah, the cat Zoid. God, I love that yeah. idea, too. And Chris, I think, was in the campaign as well, and he made a transformer that was like a... Uh, a work machine with a big crane arm that also was—it uh, was—it was nightmare. And my mech had the ability to shoot like a like 120 miles. I think was the range on my artillery cannon. Like I was able to shoot so far that it would take three turns from the time I did my attack before it would actually hit the target oh gosh that's the kind of crazy shit that you can do with besom um so there was that uh there's the rodents game that you mentioned a few times that was played in world of darkness Um, was was that world of darkness it was world of darkness that's Um, right god that was so fun uh with a setting that i've got a lot of these but a setting that i have had in my head that i wanted to do for a long time basically just like um post-apocalypse but everyone and and all humans are gone all the humans are gone and everyone is just hyper intelligent critters that you that live within the ruins of the human civilization um the main the main inspiration behind it is um i believe it's a disney short i'm pretty sure there are two of these actually called goodwill towards man Mm -hmm. i think the other one is called peace on earth they're um, basically the same story and it's this family of mice who live in uh, an old world war one gas mask helmet. you know the kind with the hose that goes from the helmet to the to the chest piece or whatever uh mm-hmm. talk, telling a story about how the last two humans on earth shot each other and and uh, war eliminated humanity, and and then uh, the rodents became intelligent. This is a Disney short. Well,
0: of course. Well, oh, I shouldn't yeah. be surprised. I shouldn't be surprised. Yeah. Disney has some had has had some dark themes before.
1: Yeah, it's one of their it's one of their older shorts. Um, from the 30s, I want to say. Mm-hmm. Uh, old short. Um, it has an unfortunately heavy. Uh, religious component to it, which my game didn't have, but I just I've been fixated for a long time on the idea of post-apocalyptic, but it's tiny tiny queer people living like making houses out of like old tin cans and and wagons out of out of uh, old roller skates and such mm-hmm. yeah and we we played a few sessions of that and that was quite fun um your character was a bird assassin, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, and you hated was a couple a, of the dead party members. I did because she. Oh, the god! I forgot all
0: about that. Oh no, I'm having like a <laughs> flood of memories from this now. I, mm-hmm. I remember. I remember my character was like a white. Was it crow? White crow? Yep. A white crow? A, an albino crow is what I should say. Yes. Uh, so she was an albino crow, and therefore
1: she was sort of uh, uh, cast out. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, but she. she because um because the birds have become religious and they have seen the white birds and the religious imagery as being something holy, uh originally, uh like in nature, albino crows would be pushed out of the group because they they don't they stand out, they don't blend in. Mm-hmm. But uh in this setting, they perceive being a white bird as being dove-like, and therefore it implies that you have Holy, you've been chosen for a holy purpose. Uh, that's right. So, my character joined up with this
0: entourage to for for the church on behalf of the church, uh, to follow this one archaeologist to go do things. And I, I, I vaguely remember there's a there's there's like my like, we're all just set up camp. And what was that one? And the shrews, the shrews that just die
1: yeah, so quickly, sure, but yes, the <laughs> bulls, these. The vole's. That's
0: right, yeah. and one of them died. And my character looked at the vole and said, "Well, that's meat,
1: I'm and like I'm hungry.
0: I won't go like this good to waste." And I started to eat the the vole, uh, the dead vole, and the other characters who were all rodents. By the way, I was the only bird. All the other characters were just like, "No, what are you doing?"
1: Hmm. Oh, I I had a lot of plans for that. I don't know whether or not we would bring it back, but um, where we left that off, there was a monster snake that had attacked the camp and killed someone. And um, Cole's character, the squirrel Old Miss, uh, got like she tried to they killed the snake, but it pinned uh, one of the characters down with its fangs, and she tried to like lift its jaws up by herself and cut her hands open and got the irradiated venom in her hands then she was in a coma for like a week and when she woke up she could like produce her she had no fur on her arms at all anymore but she could produce venom from her arms sort of like a a really fucked up spider-man
0: yeah i um, want everybody to know no that this, plans for that yeah i want everybody to know really quickly that this was way before biomutant was even a thing this is this what we're talking about oh, was yeah. years and years and years ago like i'm 32 right now i was in my early
1: 20s when when we did this yeah mid 20s something like that uh, some some time is a time an illusion it, does, it, is. it doesn't exist but it yeah does. it wasn't before but i completely forgot that that was a thing in biomutant mm-hmm. well i didn't i don't i don't know if that was a
0: thing i just want people to be like i don't want people to be right. like oh so you basically played biomutant no Son, Biomutant copied us. We should get royalties, <laughs> alright?
1: Um, I believe Biomutant is uh there there's a fair number of differences uh between what we did and Biomutant as well. Like our characters are smaller, um we it wasn't quite as far in the future as like right after, so all of the human stuff was still around, it wasn't super overgrown. Um and I, I know that the character's arm gets like Shriveled because of exposure to radiation, but I don't know if they produce poison out of it. Oh, I have no and also, idea. all of the all of the creatures in BioMutant are weird hodgepodge mishmash things, whereas we're literally playing rats who could talk and wear clothes. Mm-hmm. But I'm I'm not worried about people thinking I ripped off BioMutant. It's it's a it's a really neat game. It's a really neat premise for a game, and I do kind of recommend it to people if you mm-hmm. have tolerance for the. Uh, childishness of the way that's delivered and the babbling gibberish that the other characters say (laughs) right right but yeah that was that was probably one of the longer running ones that we did um oh boy there's we've played plenty in world of warcraft as well of course Mm -hmm. um i'm pretty sure that's one of the main ways that we did most of this stuff Mm um we 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 role played a little bit in mm-hmm. in World of Warcraft. Um, I believe there were a couple times we tried various versions of Fallout. Oh yeah, playing game. Oh yeah, we we tried very hard
0: to make Fallout and thing because we, we we both like the Fallout universe mm-hmm. and and yeah. and we we wanted to experience that more. I think I think that's the reason why people pick up MMOs or role playing I should say in general oh. because like you. Have something, and you desperately want it to become, you desperately want to enjoy more of it.
1: It's a world that you find engaging, you want to explore more of, explore the nuances that aren't made available within the game. Right. Like, there are so many implications about what the experience of living in the world of Fallout or the world of World of Warcraft, the world of World of World of Warcraft,
0: the world of World of Warcraft.
1: Wow, that was weirdly hard to say. Um, but all of these different settings, there's things that you can pick up on as you experience it that make impl- further implications about other ways to experience life in these worlds. And sometimes it's compelling, and sometimes it just fixes itself in your brain.
0: Yeah, and, uh, and I, then I believe we tried. I believe we tried Warframe as well one time
1: yeah um, I've worked on a couple of ideas for things sort of like warframe. I think we did want to do some role playing in warframe, but it was just at the time that we were trying to do it, we didn't even have the ability to move around as our operators. We could only move right. around as the films themselves,
0: oh, that's right. Like there was no operator yet. like they're they're like, what people play in Warframe now is not what Warframe was back to us. This was, mm-hmm. oh wow, this is before they did the whole movement change. Like, you remember how you actually had to really work at parkour and you had to get good at it? Oh yeah. And... We,
1: we played before there was a ship for our hub, where the hub was literally, you just sat there with a map in front of you.
0: That's right. God. Oh, God, I miss Warframe so much, but I know if I start playing it right now... I'll never like it's it'll suck me back in because I love Warframe, but uh, yeah. i actually I actually I actually joined a Warframe role playing clan that actually had like their clan set up for role playing and stuff like that. Um the biggest problem that they had was and it was so much fun. It was really fun. And of course, Maddie, if you want to go ahead and guess what my Warframe was, you may.
1: Oh god, there are a lot of options. No, it's it's um, only one.
0: It's only one and you know who it is. Hmm. You know who he is.
1: Hmm.
0: It starts it's Ah, Oh, That's all you got, it's Vauban, baby. Uh love Vauban. Volban. Vauban. Vauban. Yeah, uh, sorry. <laughs> I love Voban so much. Anyways, um it was, I, it was it was a ton of fun, but my yeah. only problem with the with the clan itself is that they kept resetting everything like the whole story top to bottom so you would have to reintroduce your characters again and you would have to redo things again and i don't understand why the clan leader kept doing this but it was like like three days of role playing i remember we had three separate resets and i was like what i'm I'm so tired i'm like i please let me just let us role play and let us come up with these stories and let's have fun because you just keep resetting us, and finally I was like, "Yeah, you, you know what? I'm I'm good. It yeah. was fun. I miss this, but you know, I, I guess I'll just go back to making this a, a power a power play run and gun game."
1: Yeah, I, I've had a cup. I haven't had too many encounters where a lot of resets were a problem. I have, however. Been in a few situations with large group role plays that I wish I could have a reset personally like mm-hmm. um, there's a my hero academia role play server that I was part of on discord mm-hmm. um, and you could play as a hero student. You know, the the thing you play in my or the thing that it, my hero academia is about. Um, I made my character and I still really like the character that I made, but at the time, a lot of stuff came up in my uh, in my life, and I wasn't able to make it for it. They, uh, it it was really cool the way they did it, but it also kind of got in the way. They actually had like scheduled classes, and it was hey, this day at between these real world times, we're going to have a session for your class, and it was basically like you know your typical role play session, and you could miss classes. That's fine. You could role play your characters development elsewhere but i kept missing a lot of things and i ended up missing an entire school year and my character is now a second year with absolutely no development whatsoever i have ideas for the development for this character but not like i missed out on an entire year's worth of establishing it and so i kind of wish i could have reset but they don't they have a no resets policy But I okay, so I'm not gonna
0: say that that's super duper weird, um, but that is very unique. Let's say because Mm -hmm. you're the the character development is tied to a time limit and you like you have to yes to an extent right because I mean like no one's forcing you to roleplay you can't force someone to roleplay in any setting um you the
1: the rule was if you you don't have to make all of your advancements in class. But you have, in order for your character to advance, you have to role play it somehow. You can mm-hmm. do it outside class, in the middle of the night, hanging out with your friends in the park, and suddenly your character realizes, "Wow, I can make a laser using this light manipulation ability," and now you have the ability to use a laser. But you have to play it somehow. Mm-hmm. That's very cool. Yeah, it's it's a really neat setup. I wish that I had been able to like put myself more into it because uh, they even had like a good format for how to balance powers. Sorry, quirks. And stuff like that um it's really cool one thing that about that though that with that and warframe and all that sort of thing um about you and i is we will try to make anything into a role-playing game slash setting oh oh absolutely gosh
0: uh what's the, what's the weirdest thing that we've tried to, besides warframe like i think warframe has to be one of there, the oddest there's one really weird one that we're not sure where we allowed to talk about Oh yeah, uh, the spaghetti campaign can't talk yeah. about that. We can only refer to a spaghetti, and if Jack doesn't show up here, we're not going to be able to talk about it. I think he burned the box.
1: Actually, I, I, either he burned the box, or it has been dismantled, or left behind, or thrown in the trash, something like that. So, like, there's no risk involved. But it's the it's the spirit that matters. There's,
0: it's the spirit. Now, I want everyone to understand whatever this mystery game is. Um, it's called we call it the spaghetti campaign. Um, and Jack made a box. He didn't he didn't just go get a box. He made. He handcrafted a fully fun- like a big old wooden box. Mm-hmm. Uh that that had like um uh, that had like a lock on it, I believe. Like two latches close, on it. Two latches on it and like hinges so like open and close. Like he went out of his way to make this actual box mm-hmm. uh himself out of wood and he put all of the stuff for this campaign in it. And he had always threatened, if we tell anybody about this campaign, anyone at all, he will set it on fire. Yeah. And, and I think I told somebody about the spaghetti campaign. I didn't say what it was about. But I, I remember calling it the spaghetti campaign. And I remember talking about the box. And I remember Jack going, I'm just going to burn the
1: box now. And everything inside of it. Yeah. Um... There's oh, I it, there's so many things I can't quite go back through in my memory to figure out like exactly the things that we have and haven't tried. I do know there was one point where um I think this may have been more with Elise than with you. Uh I have this D&D board game called Dungeon. Uh mm-hmm. and basically it's you move around in a dungeon, you go into rooms and you fight things, and your class affects what you can like what you have to roll to do things, um, mm-hmm. and it's very super base, very super bare bones, but mm-hmm. um I remember wanting to add additional things to it, like uh, um abilities for each of the classes to have because it's just the classes are literally just what you have to roll and what points you have to get to to win. Mm-hmm. um and after a while, I was thinking to myself, why are we doing this? We might as well just play d d.
0: Yeah, I do remember that. I do remember that. We, 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 I remember, oh yes, I do actually remember this because we all sat down one day and we did this and we were going through like all these mechanics and stuff like that and, and finally it was just like,
1: why don't we just play the damn game? Yeah. Um, we've done a lot of making different kinds of games in the past. Uh, there's our first game, Pony Pile-Up. Um, oh, I think Pony Pile-Up. I still have main... that too yeah i think that's the main way that we really got into to designing games um and i was really proud of that like um isn't a fan of ponies or anything like that but when she tried the game she was like this is actually really good i'm really impressed with this guys i I
0: still have it maybe maybe one day we'll make a video of us just playing it and talking about it and just being silly yes I i i say we absolutely do that one day
1: uh, I guess now that I've got a computer and I can do graphics science stuff on it, I can actually make the cards look like something other than just blank pieces of paper well, with text on them. We are going to play it exactly as it is right now. Okay, <laughs> okay. That would, that's going
0: to be such a miserable thing to watch. Uh, it's going to be so much fun. We'll get it'll be it'll be it'll be you, Jack, myself, and let's say let's get Troy involved.
1: Or no, who no. else would it be? Who else designed this game with us? Um, Elise was involved Elise. in it hmm Um, and then I think that was basically it. I think it was the three of us with a bit of help from Elise and um then Troy and Gary have had tried it a couple times.
0: Yeah, we got a couple of people at one of the conventions to play it as well. Oh god, what fun times. Uh
1: oh, what fun, That's silly, stupid times. God. And I say that watching us play this game with no images on the cards is gonna isn't gonna be fun, but I don't I think adding art to the cards is going to make it any less miserable for people to watch. I think I think what we need to do is
0: we need to do like uh, I think what we should do is like do a special if we ever get to the point where we have a lot of people watching and listening and mm-hmm. what we'll do is um we'll just go through and like we'll do our own art for it and we'll just send off the card. Might as well. I mean there's there's no point and like well I I keep it together. Uh you you hand you you had it on you for years and years Mm -hmm. and years and you recently gave it back to me Mm -hmm. uh oh no i'm not gonna get rid of it no i'm not gonna get rid of it i love that game
1: i think it would be cool actually if we could do like a um a blast from the past type thing where you jack and i get together and we just like go back through some of the old weird stuff that we used to do and play like revive some of our old projects and
0: our 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 crazy insane ideas mm-hmm. that we that we we've, we've we've for anybody listening we have come up with so many different board games we actually tried to start a board game company uh, way back in way back when i think i think about 8 years ago 9 years ago now
1: yeah around about that yeah yeah and it was, it was a little after the world was supposed to have ended yeah joined the group and just months into that is when we started trying to make our games mhm um but getting off we are we are getting off topic really oh, yeah. bad wait, i, I wait. should
0: what i what i what i should say by summarizing all of what we just said is that creativity really helps when it comes to role-playing
1: oh absolutely it's i don't there are a lot of people who play role-playing games for like a tabletop crunchy board game type experience and that's mm-hmm. entirely fine that's entirely valid and it's cool but i think for most people the uh best thing you can get out of role-playing games is the collaborative creative experience. Absolutely. Oh, gosh, yes. And it's always fun to like play in your own universe. Yeah, absolutely. Um, especially because you can, at that point, decide, you know, there's this very vague thing. I think it'd be really cool if it turned out to be like this. And mm-hmm. you can do that. You yeah. can do that if you want. Any Any of these cool ideas you have, you can explore. If you want to have uh your character and Fallout whether, like a robotic armor gauntlet that has like cryo cells and and uh, incendiary cells attached to the arm that like is attached to your shish kebab and you can switch it from fire to cryo if you want. Like you can I, do that.
0: I have been running this idea in my head. I've been wanting to do a campaign for so long and maybe we'll make something out of this. I would like it to be. I have been wanting to take Elder Scrolls and Fallout and smash them together for years now. And every single time I think about this, I'll be like, I'm going to make this into a campaign someday where um, where everybody is like trapped on this. Like the Elder Scrolls universe and the Fallout universe are their own two separate universes. But these but your characters and other players or other people have been like smashed together. With, uh, with somebody from the Elder Scrolls universe and somebody from the Fallout universe. So let's say uh, you're playing a, uh, let's say in the Elder Scrolls universe, there was this, uh, I'm going to go off and just say a Breton, a Breton uh, woman. And what would happen is uh, this character in Fallout would suddenly just get this other person in their head. And and gain like their knowledge and their experiences and stuff like that very suddenly. And what I would like to do is I would like to have a random cycle of like I was thinking like two weeks uh-huh. where you switched between your Fallout uh your Fallout physique and your Elder Scrolls physique.
1: Uh-huh.
0: Yeah. So like sometimes you would be uh, you'd be playing as the. Fallout character with the Elder Scrolls character stuck in your head, and then sometimes you'd be playing as your Elder Scrolls character with the Fallout character stuck in your head and you're trying to figure out, you know, why is this going on, what is happening, so on and so forth.
1: Sort of, sort of a, a quantum leap type thing, but between these universes, like a, a Nuka quantum leap. Yes, something
0: of that sort of, nat- something of that nature. I've been wanting to do this for so, so long.
1: That does sound really cool. Um, yeah. When you said that, originally, I was just thinking, just mash the two together. Basically, the races of Elder Scrolls with magic and, and castles and stuff like that, but also guns and, and radiation and mutants. Mm-hmm.
0: And of and vice versa, you know, you have your swords and your bows and your magic.
1: What could be really cool is um, I my Fallout character is really good at building guns, and so go back to the Elder Scrolls universe, it's like, I know how to... Make this weapon that this world has never seen.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, do you know what a dragon break is?
1: Yeah, that's like um, dragons are associated with time, and it's where uh, really crazy something really crazy in the Elder Scrolls universe happens, and it's so crazy that it literally like causes a time bubble. Right. Right. Right.
0: So basically, anything that can happen. So let's take uh, Elder Scrolls Skyrim for as an example. Mm-hmm. Every possible
1: playthrough of Skyrim is canon. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I do remember that. that. Um, uh, It's similar to the way it is in Morrowind with the uh, Chim. Your character is so powerful at Chim that you can manipulate time, and not only is every playthrough canon, but dying and reloading with the same knowledge you had before is entirely canon as well.
0: Yes, I I really like that concept. I think it's really
1: cool. (laughs) Hilarious to me, at the very least.
0: Ah, oh, Man, I I haven't played a tabletop in for so long, Maddie.
1: Well, um, if you like, I've actually got a project that I just did. Um, I think it would, I think a cool thing to add to this program would be recording some tabletop sessions. It could be you, Jack, um, anyone else you have, uh, anyone else you know that wants to play that. Um, yeah. and also so you, you yeah. Re- yeah, you
0: remember that I was going to originally do this idea yes, with kids and bikes, and I, do. I. I desperately still want to do that It just now i'm i'm at that point where i'm like okay if this is something i want to be serious about then i actually need to get down and and be more serious about it
1: Mm -hmm.
0: and um and right now i'm in the process of making a uh roadmap and either that is going to be out by the time this episode is done or it's not hopefully it will be because this episode Uh. is going to come out in exactly three weeks from now
1: this episode, my at uh, the rate that we've been talking, we might finish recording by then. <laughs>
0: <laughs> we we will sit here and talk about role playing and ideas and concepts for hours. God, mm-hmm. remember we used to go to Waffle House yeah. in the middle of the night and just sit there and communicate. Like we would, we would sit there when uh, the sun was going down. And we would awaken, like not awaken, but we'd get up as like the sun was coming up. Mm-hmm. Like we just, Waffle House was right there. We have the money. Let's yeah. go eat and
1: talk. God, yeah, we did good times. We did stuff like that a lot. Um, we had game night every Thursday night at mm-hmm. What a Burger, and we would or Wednesday night, maybe I don't know, either Something Wednesday like or Thursday that. in the middle of the week. We would go there, um, at around I think eleven. I think mm-hmm. it was. Uh, and we would get together to play games and then a lot of people would leave and it would be you, Jack, myself, sometimes Krissa and Cole. Uh, and we would just hang out until like I I have multiple times been there from the moment game night started to noon the mm-hmm. next day Absolutely. that long. And then, yeah, you and I and Jack at one point we were we had an idea for a game and we went to Waffle House and by the time we I think Cole was there as well, actually. By the time we finished at that Waffle House, like writing down ideas and discussing ideas and stuff like that, we had pretty much an entirely functional game. I still have that game. Um, There's only a couple rules that I need to polish off for it and I need to get art for it. But like, yeah, we've we do this sort of thing all the time where we will just get obsessively sidetracked talking about settings and concepts and stuff like that. You had your Magic the Gathering role playing. Module mm-hmm. thing that you were working on,
0: mm-hmm.
1: yeah, um, like what we're doing
0: right now, which is getting sidetracked and not and not talking about role playing at all.
1: I suffer this is, from this is intense, just going to be. The, go ahead. I'm sorry. I suffer from intense inspiration. I like to refer to it as maker's madness, where literally <laughs> ideas will come to me, and I have no ability to fight them off. I have to make them. Like I am a slave to my inspiration. It is powerful and maddening and i will lie awake at night for hours thinking about things i want to put down like do with this idea because mm-hmm. i just it, it's just obsessive and mm-hmm. i'm pretty sure you jack and i everyone in our group has that to some extent
0: oh absolutely because you know i will stay awake i will stay up for hours and hours and hours way beyond what i was supposed to do you remember when we lived together because you and i used mm-hmm. to be roommates mm-hmm. I had a coffee pot in my bedroom. Do you remember that?
1: Mm-hmm. I, yeah. do.
0: I used to have a coffee pot and I would literally just drink coffee. Like At one point, I would drink coffee at like 6pm and I would just keep drinking coffee up until like 3 or 4 o'clock in the morning and then mm-hmm. I'd finally pass out. I was not a healthy person back then. Right. And I also
1: remember um in the place you lived before that, as well as the place you lived after that, you had Multiple times taking like sheets of butcher paper and pinned them to your wall and just writing all. It looked like that. It looked like the uh, tracking down the serial killer scene in so many of those movies, but it was about putting together game ideas.
0: Oh, God. Yeah. I would just, I would cover my walls in, Mm -hmm. in, this, in this paper and i would just spend hours just writing on my walls and, and it was because i couldn't sit at a desk long enough because of uh, yeah. my adhd i have to get up and move so i mm-hmm. would like start writing on one thing and then i'd go over to another area start writing on another thing, and i would just like pace around my room doing this over my god i yeah i forgot i, I used to do that i don't do that anymore thank goodness like i've, I've gotten a better handle of myself now
1: but oh, I, I, when we got there to look at your uh, your new place and you showed me the room that you were going to make into your. I think it's your bedroom and your office or well, just your office. I had a I had an
0: office room and I also had a bedroom.
1: OK, so the the, the big the one that's got the really big desk in it. Right. Uh, mm-hmm. When you showed me the room, I was just I could not just I could not stop myself from imagining just big sheets of butcher paper plastered up on the wall with ideas all over it like before. It, that office would be perfect for that. I'm a little sad that you're not gonna do that now. I'm gonna have to show up at your house and do that for you. <laughs> uh
0: maybe if I get another office I'll I'll do that. Because right now it's just me and my uh it's just me and my son, so my son has to have a bedroom and I have to have a bedroom. Uh back then I could I didn't have a child, so I could just do whatever I wanted with any other extra rooms that I had, but now I I have to I have to uh Right. I I, I I have to give the room to my son first before I mm-hmm. can do anything else, obviously.
1: Right. I mean, life is dynamic, it's changing constantly, it's moving forward eternally, even though time is an illusion, it's a very powerful illusion, and we are all stuck in it. And eventually, it will consume everything. Mm-hmm. So, for those of you out there who also suffer from the maker's madness, as I call it, uh, you're valid, I see you, but also, um, just tap into that energy and make everything that you can because those things that you want made other people want those things made as well and even if it's something that already exists and it's just a slightly different variant on it Mm -hmm. you have that energy for a reason and the best way is to get it out and you can make some beautiful amazing things out there like michelangelo and leonardo da vinci Absolutely suffered from the same thing that you're feeling if you feel that. And there are other people out there who you just have to keep looking, but they you can find people out there who will help you channel that energy into amazing creative things. Like Mm -hmm. I've found I've got a bunch of friends who are like that and you can find those people too. Just keep looking.
0: Oh yeah. We we are a very creative bunch. We just keep God, we've come up with so many different games. It, It would help if we finished one um yeah but we, that's, that's we,
1: the other side of the maker's badness curse is mm-hmm. when something new comes along it comes along you oh, can't yeah. stop it and life and time as well
0: of course oh yeah and i believe that can also kind of extend to role playing as well when you're like keep making character after character after character matter of fact really quick i i I know I that feel we're so ending. targeted right now. I know, and and it, w- I didn't start saying this because of you, but I would like to finish it because of you, if that's okay. Yeah, um, but... and, and I know that we're at like the nearish uh, end of this, so if you don't mind, really quick, because this mm-hmm. is a big thing that we talked about the first time that we recorded, and that that is your inability to play Skyrim right now because there you you cannot stop making characters. Are right. you you can't proceed right. on with your character?
1: yeah, so there's there's two versions of writer's block. There's the writer's block where you can't think of anything to write. and there's the writer block, a writer's block where you think of too many things to write. And when you have both of them at the same time, it's really, really irritating. i had I deleted thirty six distinct character saves from Skyrim uh, a while ago. Uh, thirty six distinct ones that I had plans for. I had an entire concept for i had already like got them their first steps on the road. I had 36 of them and I couldn't decide ones to play. And so eventually uh, the anniversary edition came out and I was like, OK, I'm going to start new, I'm going to start fresh, I'm going to make one character. I'm going to focus on that character. So I deleted those 36 characters. Mm-hmm. I now have about 30 new characters. Only some of them are the same concepts as the ones that I deleted. hmm. And I just <sighs> You can't play your game. You cannot play. You can't play. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, and it's a combination of both. I will sit down and I will like. I might pick a character and start playing them, and I'll come up with ideas for other things. But the main problem is because there are so many options, I have a hard time deciding. It's a symptom of, or it's a side effect of a condition that I have because of my ADHD, and a lot of other people have it called executive dysfunction, where making meaningful decisions can be very difficult. It can be paralyzing and impossible sometimes. I will be working on a character and I'll have this general idea for something I want them to do, and then it gets down to the mi- the more minute details, and I'll get steps and steps and steps in there. And I'm not even talking about being perfectionist and getting down to super tiny details that don't matter. I'm talking about just deciding between two paths for something, something to do first or later. And I'll get to this point that I have the this decision to make, and I cannot make this decision. I will sit there and evaluate it over and over, and both options sound good to me, and I can't pick one. And sometimes um, I will go and discuss that with other people, and I'll tell them the options. And 99% of the time, the response that I get is, both of those sound very good. Yes, I know they both sound very good. That's why those are the two choices that I'm stuck at, and I can't pick one. I If I could pick one, I wouldn't be asking this question. And it's it stifles so much progress, unfortunately. Um, and that happens a lot in other games, but I find it hits me most in single-player games. And right. I think one of the most useful elements of collaborative role-playing, role-playing with other people, is you can build off of their momentum when you get to a point that you're stuck. They might not be stuck and as they keep going you can keep adding to it i think i mentioned this uh during the cursed recording that we did before but there's a meme that i saw that is perfect for this and it's a picture of this little skinny book and it's my character's backstory mm-hmm. and then it's a picture of this really thick book and it's my characters uh, the stuff i've added to my character's backstory based on a single question that someone has asked and then <laughs> yes. it's a massive book that just hovers off the top of the frame and it's uh, details have added to my character's backstory Because of a song that I heard mm-hmm. And that is absolutely That's absolutely Accurate about this sort of thing And I think that's one of the most Powerful components of Collaborative creative Processes not just role playing but Working together with other people on Other creative projects as well mm-hmm. Because it, for me It doesn't stop at Playing Skyrim I'll even have that problem when I'm trying to design a game because I do that a lot and eventually I'll get to the point that I can't pick between multiple options. I can come up with the options. I can can put details on the options for days but I can't pick which one I want and so I work best when I have someone I can collaborate with. I refer to myself as an obligate collaborator as a result Mm -hmm. because the creative energy and ideas of other people their perspectives is a very very useful resource a very powerful resource right and and yeah i agree it's
0: it's so much easier just to sit down with your friends especially the people right. who know with you even if even if you don't know them it's so much easier just to sit down with people who are just interested in role-playing and, and <laughs> do the same just just role-play with them and I mean, of course, people are gonna rub each other uh, the wrong way every now and again, and mm-hmm. and that's just that's just a part of life. You're gonna have to get used to that. But I still feel it's easier, no matter no matter the shortcomings of it, to sit down with with somebody over a heater or even face to face, and and just role play with them.
1: Yeah. Um. And you mentioned rubbing uh, each other the wrong way sometimes when it comes to games, and that mm-hmm. does happen a lot. Oh, yeah. uh, there's this old attitude that um, I remember learning back when I was getting to role playing is that there's a barrier between Mm -hmm. in-character and out-of-character. That there is... You don't take... You you try to limit how much of yourself goes into your character, Mm -hmm. and you limit how much of what happens with your character, uh, how much of that comes back to you, and how much you let that affect you. And at the core of it, it's if someone's bad guy character decides that they're going to Ambush your good guy character and try to rob you Or something like that don't get mad at Them because that's Mm -hmm. how their character Operates and Mm -hmm. I get that But I think some people take it Really far and they have This like impassable wall And they lose out on one of The most valuable Aspects of role playing and That's being able to explore Aspects of Yourself and sides of yourself that you normally Can't Um I think that there is a lot of value to being able to put yourself into your character, explore aspects of yourself through your character in a safer space with other people and be able to even work through traumas and problems. Oh, yeah, there, definitely. There's, uh, and that's where another place where the barrier comes up that's useful is sometimes there are traumas and... Um, and hang-ups that people have that they don't want brought up in games. They want to avoid it. Um, There's a lot of different apps and sites you can use that'll basically just you note down things, uh, aspects that you don't want coming up or that you want handled in a certain way. Mm -hmm. And your GM knows either to not incorporate those aspects into the, the game at all or to be delicate about them. And I see it come up in a lot of horror stories for uh, D&D as well. There are a lot of times that a lot of stories where there will be a group of mostly female players who play mostly female characters Mm -hmm. and they don't want like it can be empowering to go into a tavern and have a bunch of sexist jerks. talk about how ah women are weak and blah, 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 and then kick their ass and put them in their place. That can be empowering. For a while, but then it gets tiring and exhausting. Having to, we already deal with sexism in our lives so much, uh, including some of the worse versions of it. Like sometimes, a great way to show that a character is a bad guy is have them do horrible atrocities, and that can include bigotry and sexual assault. And yes, that does show that this person is evil and awful. But some of us don't want to face that again, and it's good to be able to. Say it's to shut that down, say no, and step away from that. But it can also be very valuable to say it's someone who has difficulty with their, um, with coming out about being trans and acceptance with other people because they're trans. Right. Sometimes you can get a very, it can be a very valuable way to explore aspects of your gender identity, uh, validation of that and so on through role-playing by making your character trans or the gender you identify as or non-binary to whatever extent you want. And there can be a lot of good experiences you can have uh, that Mm -hmm. are very valuable for building yourself up and learning more about yourself through this role-playing format. As long as you and everyone else at the table is willing to approach it in a healthy and uh, productive way. I think that saying don't bring anything out of character into character limits and don't take anything from in character, out of character limits the value that this medium can have.
0: Right. To such a big extent. Right. I had, um, I had just, I've been talking about this a lot lately on this podcast where when I, I first started, like, that was a big barrier, and you just don't cross it. And, and I'm starting to realize now that maybe I just joined up with the wrong group, because it is a very good thing to... I mean, obviously, I think what a lot of people are talking about is, like, the drama. Right. And, and what people don't def- def- differentiate between, like, when they're talking to new players, is that they're not talking about the, the personality they're talking about the drama and how it affects you as a player. And for instance, like I remember back in when I was in the Stormwind University, there was this one character or this one player, I should say, and if you got onto his character a little too much, like if you like if you just been like, "Hey, no, this is not a good idea." And if everybody kind of like agreed with that, he out of character would be like, "Okay, guys, we can stop shitting on my character." And it's just like, "No, dude, it's not that. Like we're not we're not like why are you getting upset out of character about this this is a in character interaction and your character right. suggests something that we shouldn't do and and like so our characters are telling him that like you yourself don't have to be upset about that so but i'm i'm finding a lot of it and uh you haven't heard about it you haven't heard this yet but the episode that's going to release before this it actually has you, you were there when I had a, a problem with um, uh, my, uh, during the last breakup, when I was like very suicidal, you were there for that. And you, you right. had to be on the phone with me some nights. Of course. And, and I mean, it, it just, it, 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 that bled through to my character in Elder Scrolls. Just because it was like such a big thing, it was weighing on me so badly that it literally made it to my character and and I'll say it again in this episode like I did in the last episode. I really didn't mean for that to happen, and i I don't know how it actually came to her or why i, I like I made this a part of her character, but it did happen. And I'm so glad it did because it it, it like my character was subsequently saved by another character. Because at one point, I was getting ready to just stop. Because I was like, my, my, my dreams are breaking again. And I'm going to have to stop again. And I'm so tired of stopping and starting over projects because mm-hmm. of out, uh, forces that are beyond my control. Mm-hmm. And, and I was getting ready just to stop role playing altogether again. like I really was. And one night, my character is in Cold Harbor. Cold Harbor, uh, for people who do not know, is like a plane of oblivion. This is Molag Ball's plane of oblivion. This is like a, like a level of hell, basically. And uh, in the guild I am in, there is a... Uh, the, the, in, the game, in the game I'm role-playing in right now, Elder Scrolls, I'm in the guild the, uh, Divine Conclave. In that guild, there's a character named Pandrox. And at the time, Pandrox and Calipers, my character, are out in the in the wastes. And there's a rule, like when we were in Cold Harbor, or all of our characters were stuck in, in Cold Harbor, where you cannot venture out alone. If you are outside of this one protective area, then you need to be with somebody. And I had every intention of Kali just walking off into the ashy wastes of Cold Harbor And I really was not going to come back. I I wasn't. And I just wanted to give her something of an ending. And maybe somebody would look back at her and be like, oh, I wonder what happened to that one Argonian. And Pandrox was like, no, we're not not doing that. I'm going to be with you, and we can be out here for as long as you want. But when you go, I go. And when you go back, we'll go back together and like part of me was like somebody really cares about my character i'm starting to cry a little bit because it's 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 it's, it's just such a a story of mine that i've i've been keeping inside and i and i only like just two days ago uh today is the 19th maybe on the 15th or the the 16th i i told them about this Mm -hmm. and um but this has happened months and months ago like four months ago and it was so defining to my character that and to me like I, I i was like okay well now i now i feel horrible if my character just disappears now right. and i uh i got on the next day and nadia um she uh another character named nadia gave my character a, a like a list of reasons to live because like she was the only person my character admitted to that she had only came to the conclave to die and, and and hopefully she would die in such a way that she'd be forgiven for for a past sin and she gave my character a like a list of reasons to keep living and it was so short and like I still have this letter um and after that, there was like a ceremony or not a ceremony. There was a like a like a class thing where they talked about the Bella and how you could find beauty, even in like a harsh land or a harsh time. And it struck honest to my character. And through her, it struck honest to me. And I just like. <laughs> this is going to sound really, really crazy, but because of of this character. I was able to work through, just in some form or fashion, the 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 suicidal tendencies I was having at the time. And uh, of course, you know, Maddie, I was I was dealing with so many different emotions back then.
1: Uh-huh.
0: <laughs> and so, no, I I absolutely agree that when you have, and when when you have a character, it is okay for your personality and their personality to kind of bleed into you, as long as it's not like. adverb as long as it's not like harming you as a person Mm -hmm. or harming other players you know what i mean right
1: um yeah i completely agree that uh role-playing can be a more powerful like there are a lot of people who watch shows and Mm -hmm. play specific kinds of video games to get particular experiences particular types of not just enlightenment but also um just explore elements of themselves and to see them in front of themselves. And I think that role-playing more so than any of those other mediums has the power to help with that sort of thing. It can be a very powerful tool for, um, exploring new ideas about yourself for working through problems for, uh, trying different perspectives for escape. It can be so much more than just a game where you act. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's a very valuable thing. But one thing to always remember is there is a definitely more than just a nugget of truth when it comes to the in character, out of character barrier that exists for a reason. There is a concept in psychology called parasocial relationships and that's where basically you build within yourself relationships with other people that don't necessarily exist in a lot of cases it happens with um, bloggers and personalities on YouTube and bands and and actors and and personalities that you see on the other side of a screen or hear on the other side of the radio that's a big right. thing that a lot of people in the vtuber um, environment are dealing with is you see these people who are playing games that are fun and they have personalities that you like and that you engage with and they seem and you, because you spend hours listening to them and seeing them be people you very naturally and this is that's the hardest thing about this is it's a very natural thing in your mind it's a normal in connection to them that isn't really there. And that can be exploited in a lot of ways that aren't very good. There are potential bad actors out there who will take advantage of this parasocial relationship to get you to spend money or to uh, give them stuff. But even if they try their very hardest to avoid it, even if you try your very hardest to avoid it, you kind of can't. And when it mm-hmm. comes to role playing, it's very important to bear in mind that you are The term playing is not just playing as in acting. It's not just playing as in being part of a role. It's playing as in a game. It -hmm. should be something fun with people you care about and people who you are comfortable with. And regardless of what happens, regardless if you're playing a fighting game and your friend beats you three times in a row, or if you're playing a first-person shooter and your uh, friend runs you over with a tank or something like that. Or, and most importantly, if you're playing a role-playing game and mm-hmm. someone, especially if you don't know this player outside of their character in an MMORPG, but even if you do know this person, someone plays a character who does something you don't like. Either your character um, is trying to accomplish something in their character doesn't agree with that and stands in the way or they're playing a villain and they get in the way of something you're trying to do or you're playing a villain and you have a lot of people who are against you because that's something you have to accept if you play a villain is you're a bad guy and you will make a lot of enemies that way Mm -hmm. it's important to remember that just because their characters are or they themselves as they play are doing things toward your character that you don't necessarily like that might cause problems or drama or be angry or aggressive or whatnot Mm. that should be something limited to the game and if you step outside of that you should remember that they are playing a game with you if you don't like the way they're playing the game with you absolutely speak up say something about it and discuss with them the boundaries and the parameters that you want to play but also remember that regardless of the material of the interactions between your characters within the game, you should, outside of the game, be friendly and amicable with the people you're interacting with. And if you're not, then it's not... Then why? Are, what are you doing? Why are you doing this? Spend time with people you do enjoy being around. If someone is being malicious because they are a malicious person outside of character, don't mm-hmm. interact with them. If you are being malicious in character towards someone because you have some beef with them outside of character, don't do that. You're not only bringing that into everyone else's world that uh, is putting it on them, but you're also really heavily changing things that don't need to be. Talk to people. Communication is key. This is a medium of communication and always be willing to communicate. But... Also, like, know that they're your friends or try to be friendly with them, but also use this as a very valuable opportunity to explore elements about yourself that you might not be feel safe doing otherwise or just be curious about.
0: Mm -hmm. We um, so I think I I think I'm going to call this episode chit chat with Maddie. (laughs) <laughs> and and I think we need to have a part two to this, because there's, there, we are running so far over time now, right. and there is, like, so much I want to say to you, and, like, I want you to tell me, and... Just so we can get it out there with the audience because like, I don't know if I've ever told you about this before, but I have struggled with uh, my gender identity because, um, uh, but I haven't had a chance to talk about that other than out of like using my characters. Someone once asked me, why do you only predominantly, why do you play mostly female characters? And it's not because I see myself as a female or as a male. It's because I just forget about my gender a lot. Like I know who I am as a person, but some sometimes i forget oh i'm i'm a man and i'm a male and i have this thing and because when i get into character like when i get into my characters i i don't see any difference between myself and my character and like it's it's affected me for a very very long time and i've just never gotten to talk about that and but and, and i would love to I would love to pick this conversation up again in the future. It's of just course. we are we are so far over time, right. and if we if we keep going, if we keep going, it, we're going to get into two hours.
1: Yeah. So I, I definitely agree. I would like to do a two parter with this. Um. Also, uh, I know that some of the topics that we've discussed here are topics you've discussed with Jack as well. And I, for anyone who doesn't know, um, Dustin, Jack, and I we have known each other for like a decade now. We're uh, Jack and Dustin are the longest friends that I friendships that I've ever had. I'm not sure about their if they're the longest friends that I've ever had. That's not an aspect of them that I want to know. But Um, I've known them for a very long time and we've worked together on a lot of stuff. As we've mentioned, we've got a lot of projects that we've worked on. We've played games together, made games together. So one thing I would like definitely like to do with you and Jack is Mm -hmm. I would like for us to get together for a three part uh, three direction episode to discuss some of the topics. That I know uh, you have discussed with both Jack and I, like the in character out of character barrier, um, inter like interpersonal stuff like that. Um, and just other elements that we've come up like come to between each other uh, in this medium. So I think that not only is part two to this, but also hopefully uh, um, you, Jack, and I can get together and do one together.
0: Oh, that'd be great. I would absolutely love that. Um, Maddie, is there anything that you would like to say to the listeners before I I let you go?
1: Um, I just want to say to people, if you feel creative or lonely or want to explore things, other people are a very valuable resource for that. Be willing to reach out to other people to work on projects or to work on yourself. Other people are the best way to do that and when it comes to role-playing especially use that to be experimental and learn things it's a very valuable resource and it's one of the best ways to get other people to help you learn things about yourself that you might not be able to talk about otherwise Mm -hmm. don't let role-playing just be a game
0: yeah that's a what, what a saying what a saying don't let role playing be just a game i love that um all right well thank you for coming on and i can't wait
1: to have you for a second part thank you for having me and i look forward to it hopefully this recording works and the next recording works oh my god if it doesn't i'm gonna cry (laughs) i'm gonna cry so bad maddie Uh all right but if you do you can call me in the middle of the night and talk to me for hours about it anytime you need to
0: I appreciate that. Thank you so much. All right, Maddie. I love you so much. I'm going to let you go. Love you too. Oh, actually, you know what? Hold on. Here we go.